Welcome back to the Broken Strength Podcast. I am so excited that we're finally back to it. I think this is like episode 15. (laughs) I should really double check that before I start recording. Um, But I want to talk today about creating habits and breaking old habits. The reason I want to talk about that is because I feel like we all create habits without even realizing it. And then we're like, wait, how do I get rid of this? And things can happen in so many different areas of your life that create habits without even you realizing that you're creating them. But habits create the foundation of your life. And if you have so-called like bad habits, what are you setting yourself up for? That's what I want to talk about today into habits so what we would do them like automatically and without really much thought into it also this is great because it helps free up like our brain power for more important challenges that come up and what I want you guys to think about right now going into this is use this example so think about start or like something that took you a really long time to learn so let's use parallel parking as an example so at first like parallel parking is difficult and you had to devote like a lot of mental energy to it but after you grew comfortable with parallel parking it became or became so much easier and almost like habitual you could say I guess so it becomes something that you don't have to necessarily think about so parallel parking gambling exercising brushing your teeth and every other form like habit forming activity all follows the same behavioral and neurological patterns So how do we form them? So let's go through that. Every habit starts with basically a a psychological pattern called like a habit loop, which is basically a three-part process. And first there's like a cue or a trigger. And that cue or trigger tells your brain to go into like an automatic mode and not let a behavior unfold. Then there's like the routine side of it, which is the behavior itself. So you got your cue and your trigger, then you have the routine, and then the third step is reward. So something that your brain likes that helps it remember like the habit loop in the future. So let's just use like smoking as an example. You would get, like people get addicted for like the nicotine side of things. And so that, the cue I guess, There's a lot of different things. So everybody's going to be different. So there's going to be different cues and triggers that everybody has. So let's just use like being in public situations or being at like a party. You see other people doing it. That's like that trigger point. And then the behavior side is next. Like if you're going to act on it and where your like mind goes and what you decide to do. But then there's the reward section and that reward, because it's something that your brain likes to remember to help, like help remember that habit loop would be like that, the nicotine, like rush or whatever it's called um so the area of our brain that's basically like our habit maker is also the area of the brain that plays like very key roles in developing like emotions and memories and patterns so decisions are also just made from a different area of the brain which is called your prefrontal uh, cortex cannot speak But as soon as the behavior becomes, like, automatic, the decision-making part of your brain goes into, like, a sleep mode of sorts. So 
meaning that the brain starts to work like less and less and the brain can almost like completely shut down and this is can't speak at all this is a real advantage because it basically means that you have like all of this mental activity that you can devote to something else that you're doing or that you want to do and so that's why it's really easy while like driving or parallel parking to say like completely focus on something else like the radio or a conversation you're having without necessarily thinking about what you're doing i can bet that so pretty much all of you have had those moments where you drive somewhere and then you get there and you're like hmm how did we get here like you just don't have to think about it because you've done it so many times it's like me going to the gym i'm like all of a sudden in the gym parking lot and i'm like did we even leave the house like when, when did this happen <laughs> like our brain just does things like on an automatic routine and so you can do like all these complex behaviors without mentally like being mentally aware of any of it and that's because the capacity of like our habit maker or like habit maker part of the brain um to take a is i cannot speak the re <laughs> i can't speak at all oh my that's because of the capacity of our habit maker part of the brain basically takes a behavior and turns it into an automatic routine so that's one reason um why like vacations are so relaxing because it helps break certain habits and routines but for example like you'll put your shoes on in a different order without paying attention to it because once the cue changes, patterns are broken up. So once you get into those habits, like things will happen like in different orders, but it's just like the habit of doing it itself. And so, like I said, that's why taking vacations is so relaxing because it helps break those certain habits. So it's also a great reason why changing a habit on a vacation is one of like the most proven successful ways to do it. And so, example, like smoking again. So if you want to quit smoking, you should stop while you're on vacation. And that's because all of like your old cues and all your old rewards like aren't there anymore. So like you have this ability to form new patterns and hopefully be able to carry it over into your actual life outside of the vacation. And so on talking about breaking bad habits, basically like we all have habits that we would like to get rid of. And every night we give ourselves like the same pep talk where it's like, I'll go to bed earlier. I'll resist that cookie. I'll stop biting my nails. And then tomorrow comes and we cave and we feel worse than before. So we feel defeated and guilty because we know better and we still couldn't resist. And that cycle is understandable because the brain basically doesn't make changes easily. <laughs> I'm sure y'all have understood that, especially the ones that are stubborn. <laughs> um, but breaking an unhealthy habit can be done. It just takes like, it takes intent and a little like white knuckling at times and some effective, effective behavior modification techniques. And so talking about like before we do any of that, it really helps to understand like what's happening in our brains and with our like motivation, with our self-talk, and good or bad habits are routines like we talked about. And so bad habits are slightly different, but when we try to break a bad one, we create, what's the best word to use? It's like we create like a fight within our brain and our brain doesn't like that. It's like, we wanna tell our brain no, but because our brains are so used to it, it's became like a habit in our lives, it's hard to accept that so that our brain doesn't like that. And the limbic system in the brain activates like the flight or 
fight or flight or freeze responses. This is going to be literally just a whole podcast of gibberish. Um, and our reaction to this is to avoid like that threat and go back to like the old behaviors, even though we know it's not good for us. So often like habits that don't benefit us still feel good since the brain releases dopamine. That's why it's so hard to quit them. But before you try and change a habit, it is fundamental to identify why you want to actually change this. If you're a client of mine, or you've even talked to me just on the phone, this is gonna start to sound familiar when I ask what your why is. Because I ask this before anybody even joins my team. And the reason I ask this is because we need something that's a lot deeper than like a surface level reason to do something. So when I explain it to like my girls is, or like I say basically like, your why is gonna be a lot deeper than surface level thinking. It's not gonna be about getting like glutes or abs. It's gonna be a more emotional reasoning as to why you wanna do something that's gonna give you that motivation on the days where motivation just isn't quite there. So like for me, my why for the gym is that it literally saved my life when I was 16. So I know even if I don't have a good workout, I'm still gonna feel better mentally when I leave. And when the reason is more personal, like I wanna keep up with my kids or my grandkids, or I wanna be able to walk my dog for longer than 10 minutes because that's what he deserves. Like you'll have a stronger motivation and a reminder to refer back to during struggles. That's why whys are so important to have. And after that, you wanna figure out like what your internal and external triggers are. And that can take some detective work. Like it doesn't matter if you are in control of your own body and you are you and nobody else can know what you're feeling or how you're like, what's going on in your mind. You still have to learn yourself. So you might not know what these triggers are and it could be something that's an internal, like an emotion that happens. It could be something external. It could be like being at a party and seeing people smoking and that's what's gonna make you wanna smoke or whatever it is. And so when that bad habit urge hits, ask yourself like when, where, whom am I with and how are you feeling? Is it sad, lonely, depressed, nervous, etc.? Like you want to pinpoint when these things happen so you can understand why they're happening. Because if you don't know why something is happening, you're not gonna be able to change it. So if like, if your friend group is the reason that you're drinking and doing drugs, do you think staying with that friend group is gonna make you stop? No. Sometimes it's the people around us. If you are constantly, excuse me, for example, I didn't heal properly from a kid, so I get very emotional in certain situations that could be like the smallest little thing, that's a trigger for me. And so if I don't fix what's going on inside, I'm never going to be able to not have those habits of like overreacting or crying just because I'm frustrated like right off the bat without even seeing like the bigger picture, whatever it is. And you want to pinpoint why these things are happening so you can actually take action to change them. And it's basically like a, mi a mix and match process and it's gonna be different for every single person. So that's why like everything in life that you do is never gonna be the same as somebody else and every single person's journeys are different and what works for one person isn't gonna work for somebody else. Like that's why all of those sayings are out there because it's true. But if you notice a clue beforehand, you might be able to catch yourself before you do the bad habit that you have been stuck doing. So knowing those cues and knowing what you're doing and why you're doing it is going to help you determine and alter 
that path that you're going to take instead. And so the next part is modifying your behavior after you understand these cues. And say, for example, like your weakness is literally like a morning muffin on the way to work. If that's what you do every single day and you cannot break that habit, change the route that you take to work. Go a different direction. Don't drive by the Tim Hortons and McDonald's in the morning. Go a different way. But environments can't always be altered. And so you want to find like a replacement over trying to always avoid a situation. So such as like having almonds instead of like candy or frozen yogurt instead of ice cream. You don't have to aim for perfect. It could just be aiming for a little bit healthier. So even like for me right now, if you're not watching this bit, YouTube, you'll see this. I drink these sparkling ice drinks and this one's cherry limonade. I love these drinks because when I'm in, like, I'm in prep. So like I have a whole different restriction right now for foods. And when I start to feel like maybe I want to have like a, a sugar or I like drive past like a say 7-Eleven and I'm like, oh, candy would be really good right now. I just have one of those because it's like a sweet, but it has no calories. So it works right now within my prep. And so sometimes it can just be altering and finding a replacement for what you already want to have. So you don't have to actually like not have something, but you just find a healthier version. And so, like I said, you don't have to aim to be perfect, just a little bit healthier. And you also don't want to, or sorry, you want to avoid the all or nothing mindset because it leads to a quick burnout. I talked about this in the last podcast episode about how I would get into these all or nothing mindsets and then all of a sudden I'd just be like, done. And instead of doing that, you just want to take like micro steps towards your goals. So I mentioned that also in my last podcast about how my goal is to literally just take it day by day, step by step. And as things happen, react, adjust, do what I need to do. But when it comes to taking micro steps, like if you stay up until midnight every day and you want to go to bed by like 10, aim for 1130. And then the next day, aim for like 11.15. It builds success, but also minimizes avoiding that new habit. Because if you constantly try to jump right to what you want to do, you're not going to stick with it because our our brains aren't going to get used to it. Our bodies aren't going to get used to it. We need to slowly ease into things and we need to take things step by step so we can actually commit to doing it and have it last long term. And so it also usually helps to remember that like urges follow like a cycle so they're initially like intense and then a little wane and then usually go away like in about like 20 minutes so when you start to like if your goal we're just gonna keep using smoking because I feel like this is such a common one for people to quit but if your goal is to smoke or to stop smoking when you hit a craving point where you're like okay I really really want one set a timer on your phone and just focus on getting through that time. Set a 20 minute timer, because those cycles and those urges usually go away within a 20-ish, could be different for every single person, but 20 minutes is like the give or take. So set a 20 minute timer, and just focus on getting through that. In that time, seek new sensations to use as a distraction. And so you could go outside, go do like a physical activity, like bike ride, or go for a walk, You could do a puzzle, read a book, like do something else that takes your mind off of it and distracts you and is a different way to cope with a craving. And as you try and change, obviously there's going to be bumps 
and setbacks, which is part of the process. It's part of being a human being, but it's also part of making lasting changes. And the problem is like, we are our own worst critics. And some people view anything except total success as a complete failure. This is where that all or nothing mindset is a bad part of our lives because unless you're 100% thriving and exceeding and whatever it is, you're not gonna feel like you're accomplishing something. It's like going into a job when you're 16. If you were to literally expect like, you're gonna go work at McDonald's, you're like, I'm gonna be a millionaire. When you get your first paycheck, are you gonna think that you failed? Probably. Just because you're not at your all time end life goal doesn't mean that you're failing. Everything in life takes time and it's a step-by-step journey to get there. But the problem is that we are our own worst critics. So we tear our own selves apart and we make it so we can't succeed and can't thrive and break out of these bad habits to have successful habits. And in these cases, when you're finding that you're starting to become like a critic of yourself, try the third person perspective. So basically what I want, what I mean by that is think about how you'd react to a friend who said that having one bag of chips ruined their whole diet. You'd be kind and reassuring, not critical. So give yourself that same treatment. I'm sure all of us at some point in our lives, whether it was a friend, family member, parent, eventually told us that you want to treat people how you want to be treated. So when you treat certain people a certain way, you want to treat yourself that way. If you wouldn't say the things that you say to yourself out loud to another human being, why on earth are you saying them to yourself? Nobody would like those comments. So why do you think it's okay to say it to yourself just because it's yourself? No, we need to be kind to ourselves. We can be a critic of ourselves and we can use it as good. If you want to be the best at what you're doing, like you can 100% be like, you know what? I didn't do the best in this so I can, I can do better next time. Rather than be like, oh, not for me, I failed. You can use it in a good sense, but a lot of the time we don't. And when you're going through these like all or nothing mindsets and feeling like everything but complete success is a failure, it also helps to like reduce stress and minimize the sense of like failure to know that the goal isn't a, basically to make old habits disappear because it won't. You're just trying to strengthen the new routine so eventually it takes over and then the old habits aren't even a thought. Your goal isn't to get rid of what you've done or how you used to do things or whatever it is. Your goal is just to basically strengthen the new ways so they outweigh the old ways. Because we're still always going to have moments where we aren't 100% perfect. We're never going to be perfect. But like for me, I have my moments where, sure, I'm hard on myself. Like I'll have a moment where I look in the mirror and I'm like, ooh, no thank you. But I know that that's not going to get me anywhere. So yeah, like I have my moments still. But majority of my time, I have created habits that evolve around like self-love and self-compassion 
because I know that if I'm kind to myself, I'm going to have a lot easier of a time to get through like certain situations and to go towards my goals and get further and further in life over being a critic to myself and tearing myself down. Somebody asked me on my Instagram story on the anonymous questions about how I'm going to stay positive and not like critique myself throughout my prep because of all the changes and everything happening and all that stuff. I know that no matter what I do or no matter where I place or whatever it is, I know I'm always going to be proud of myself because I'm doing something that's challenging myself. And when you're challenging yourself and doing something that you haven't done before and pushing yourself to new limits, it doesn't matter if you win first place or you are the top of whatever it is you're doing. Like the fact that you do it and you get to that end goal, that's what it's about. And that's what's going to make everything worth it. So for me, like I will always be a positive person because I spent so much of my life being negative and I've made a promise to myself that I wasn't going to waste any more time in my life doing that because it's just not fun. And I felt like I was wasting my life by being so negative. And even if I'm at my worst point of prep and I'm not feeling good at all, I will still be positive because it's just another goal that I'm going to get to check off my bucket list and it's going to make me feel good. And so it, with these habits, it's a constant process which is made easier with self-compassion <laughs> because there's no way to prepare for every situation or to be able to predict when or where a trigger might happen. You cannot prepare for life because life is going to throw things at you, but you can prepare for how you're going to approach situations and how you want to and the actions that you want to take. If you always want to lose your marbles on somebody, everybody, when something bad happens or they say something mean, like, that's how you're going to respond every time. If you want to take an action to change that response, you're going to start to work on what your triggers are and why these habits keep happening. Because habits aren't just like eating unhealthy or not working out. Habits are everything in your life. It could be the way you respond, literally the way you walk and talk or habits, like... Think about all the people that grow up around swearing people and how much they swear. Like, that's just a habit that gets built because it's something that you're around. So you can't prepare for life, but you can prepare for how your reactions are going to be and the actions that you're going to take on certain situations. But the main thing that I want you guys to take away from this podcast episode and to remember is you are a human being and you're not perfect. Nobody is. And that's 100% okay. You just want to take it one day at a time and keep believing in yourself and it'll all work out and it'll all be worth it. But breaking habits takes time. Even if it feels impossible when you're starting, you can do it. But it is a step-by-step process. And to start, you have to understand why these are even there in the first place. So I hope that makes sense. But... If you guys have any questions, you want to say anything, feel free to always message me or email me or whatever, and we can chat about it. Or if you have any um, topics you want me to discuss on here, then let me know. But that is all I have to say for this episode. But like I said, I'm so excited to be back. So I hope you guys have the absolute best freaking day of your entire life. And I will see you guys next Monday morning, bright and early, for another episode.